This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It seemed the cabin was still in the thick of the woods, but it was a shelter nonetheless. I tried the door handle, and when I did, the door opened widely. It was unlocked. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called The Feeding. You belong here. Part 3. The Cabin The door creaked loudly as it swung open. The floorboards made a similarly ghostly sound under my feet as I made my way in. It was an old place, dusty, and with a mild smell of mold. Inside, it was pitch black, so dark that I could not even make out my own hands in front of me. Still, I was thrilled to be there, away from the wind and the cold. I felt for a wall and moved along it, feeling out anything that could even remotely resemble a light switch. I was able to make out an outline of something by the window, a tiny table with a candle visible in the moonlight. Excited, I felt around for matches and found some right around the candle. In a moment, the warm glow spread across the room as the candle flickered, comforting me. I almost wept with happiness when I was no longer enveloped by the darkness from which I had come. There was an old lantern on the floor and I carefully lit it, watching the flame dancing against the wall. Like this, I could explore the place. The cabin consisted of a small room that had a tiny bed in one corner and a tiny kitchen area that housed a small, ancient stove. I've never seen anything like it. It was more of an antique than an appliance. This stove must have been installed sometime in the late 1800s. I was amused by this little place that seemed so simple yet cozy. I looked around some more. Between the bed and the kitchen, I spotted a simple ladder leading upstairs. I went for it, but my foot caught on something and I almost fell over. There was a latch sticking out of the floorboards before the ladder leading upstairs. I didn't see it before. I pulled on the latch, trying the door of something that looked like a cellar. It did not budge, so I left it alone. I noticed there were candle holders all around the place, so I walked from one to the other, lighting them all. There were about seven candles burning now, and the whole place lit up in a comforting, dim glow. I went to the corner of the room where the bed stood and sat down, completely exhausted. Never would I have imagined to find myself in such a place and under such circumstances. I would have to spend the night here, I knew, 
but for all its oddness, it was not nearly as threatening as the dark, cold woods I had managed to escape. I went to the kitchen and looked around for any food or water. Surprisingly, there was a lot of canned food in the cupboards. All different types of things. Very old by the way it all looked, but plenty of it. There was no fridge. I looked for water and couldn't find any signs of plumbing or any water bottles anywhere. Finally, I glanced outside through the window. In the moonlight, I saw something like a pump by one of the trees. I decided to get out there and get some water, hoping it was not dry and still functional. I was ravaged by thirst from all the walking I did earlier. I found what looked like a large water jug, and armed with a lantern, I once again stepped outside. The wind was blowing much harder now, and I shivered as I quickly made my way to the pump. Luckily, it worked, and soon I was making my way back with water splashing happily in the jug as I walked. Hey, this is Chris from the Criminal Perspective Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast you're currently listening to on the Crawlspace Media Network, consider checking out Criminal Perspective. On Criminal Perspective, I take 11 years of my experience corresponding with notorious murderers and I bring it directly to you. At times, I'll give you interviews directly with the most heinous murderers imaginable, like Nico Klo, the Vampire of Paris. I read that I read that you found some cookies in his kitchen and you just sat there eating cookies, watching them squirm around and die. Yeah, it wasn't actual cookies. I think I, I think it was bread, just bread. But uh, yeah, yeah, I ate something. I just sat sat down on the corner and watched him die, basically. Other times, I'll bring you survivors of violent crime telling their harrowing tales themselves, like Shasta McLean, who survived being abducted by serial killer Joseph Duncan. After being at that campsite for like two, like a week or two, he had asked me how I wanted to die. He said because uh, I had to choose one or the other. It could either be quick or it could, or, you know, it could be the slow process. So he gave me the option of being strangled to death, where he gave me the option of being shot. So please check out Criminal Perspective on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are heard. Criminal Perspective is a cross-based media podcast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We find that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 20% off of any purchase by using the show code PI20. That's P-I-20. 
1-800-273-8820. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. That night, I slept on an old, creaky bed in an old cabin in the middle of I knew not where. I was so exhausted that I could have fallen asleep on the dirty floor and been perfectly happy. I will always remember that night. It was the best and most peaceful one that I had ever had at that place. I woke up late that morning, although it was hard to tell what time it was since I couldn't charge my phone. And there was no electricity at the place, or even a clock. In that cabin, it was as if all time had stopped. I climbed the ladder to the room upstairs and looked around. It was another bedroom, small and quaint. It was only slightly larger and perhaps a little more comfortable. I looked through the large wardrobe, but it only had a couple pieces of clothes hanging forlornly, as if abandoned. There were large jackets, very old and ripped, looking like something straight out of an antique store. They did look warm, however, and I thought I could take one with me on the way back to the car. I got back down and decided I would explore the cellar. I pulled on the latch on the floor, but the door didn't move. It was either really heavy or locked. I tried several more times with no success before I finally gave up. Besides, I was starving. I hadn't eaten anything since the little tavern last night, and my stomach was in knots. As I sat at a little table, looking out, eating canned pasta that I got from one of the cupboards, I thought of the next steps. It would be a good idea to explore the area outside the cabin, see what my options were. Perhaps this wasn't too far from other cabins, people and so forth. Or maybe if this place was truly isolated, I could start making my way back in the daytime before it got too dark. I stared at the woods as I ate, and it was amazing how still the trees were when the wind no longer blew through their large branches. It was as if they were standing on guard, waiting and observing me. There was no sound or noise either, as if there were no animals or birds in the area at all. I was not used to being in such silence, and it gave me an uneasy feeling. I went outside and looked around. The day was gray and cloudy, with the fog gathering close to the ground. The cabin was in the clearing amid thick woods. There were no paths that I could find around this place. I went behind the cabin where the woods were not as thick. I saved it for last because it was especially foggy, with mist settling in thick, like a wall. I went in further and could see the trees open up suddenly. The further in I went, the thicker it got. It took me a moment to realize that I came upon a lake. I could barely see it for all the fog. This must be how the owner of the cabin gets in and out, I decided. Of course, that's perfect with the woods being so thick. I looked around for a boat but couldn't find anything, not in this fog. That was a pity. It would make sense to go down to the lake and look for other places on the water, perhaps even find people. I went back to the cabin. I had to think carefully about my next steps. I can try and look for a boat once the fog receded. Another option was to travel along the lake on foot, looking for other cabins and inhabited areas. 
The last option would be to go back into the woods and see my way out the way I came. In the daytime, it had to be easier to get out, even if the woods were just as thick and cold as before. I sat at the kitchen table, drinking tea, which was plentiful here. It took some time to make the stove work in the morning, it being so old and foreign to me. Now that I had a hang of it, the heat from it was actually quite pleasant. Eventually, I got very sleepy. Maybe it was the warmth, or the silence, or the smell of the forest, untouched by anyone, and probably growing here for many centuries. I climbed up the ladder to the nice bedroom that I found earlier. It was warm and inviting. I sprawled on the bed, feeling wonderful, and slipped into a deep sleep at once. As I was dozing off, I thought I heard the bird make a noise again, the same one that I kept hearing as I wandered through the woods. Then again, perhaps it was only my own memory, just a dream as it shut my mind down. On the next episode of The Feeding... Uh, hello? I said quietly. I went over to the cellar door and stood there, staring at it. Bang! The noise repeated. The door and the floor around it shook slightly. I crouched down on the floor and listened. Thank you for listening to The Feeding, a crawlspace media production of a pie rational story. Narrated by Valerie Bogart. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.